Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to a special episode of Breaking Down the Doors. Joe Rex O'Danum Sparks here at the Tennessee Studios. It is the special AD Hire edition of Breaking Down the Doors. Of course, we talk Vanderbilt sports. And today, Adam, we're talking about Malcolm Turner, the new athletics director. I've changed my ways, by the way. I've always written athletic director, but I now write athletics director. He is the director of athletics. There's not just not one of ath- athletic. No. If he was just, yeah, if, if they had one separate one for each of the athletic teams, there would be, then there'd be like 17 athletic directors. Or he's, <laughs> or he would just be a director of something who's very athletic. It, it seems like one of those like sons-in-law, son-in-law, you know. Son-in-laws or sons-in-law. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Son-in-laws is how I say it, but, but that's Really sons in law. Yeah, so it's athletics, athletics, athletics director. I almost AD. feel like it should be A's D's then. A's, 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 D. A's D. Yeah. A little S D. Boy, yeah. now we've really overthought it. We're but off he is the rails the already. Yeah, we're off the rails already. But so let's just go right into the first. We're going to talk about Malcolm Turner and the process and what this means and what he said. But we're going to have to deal with the teleconference press conference debate here <laughs> because. <laughs> It's become this big thing. And actually, I've seen, I'm going to talk about some other outlets here, and I've seen, I've seen a variety of reactions. For example, our friend Cutler Klein, Vandy Hustler, a Vanderbilt student, does a great job and has a, a bright future in wh- wherever he wants to do. He wrote something about Matt Turner. He said, this whole, I'm not going to touch this stupid, you know, and I'm paraphrasing Cutler, who likes cranberry sauce, so that's another problem. But oh, you don't like cranberry sauce? Uh, let's not even go there, oh. white and creamy guy. No. Cranberry uh, sauce is wonderful. Keep going. Oh, my gosh. I, I, now I'm really off the rails. No, he, he wrote basically, I'm not touching the teleconference, press conference, saying who cares, doesn't mean anything. Midday, uh, midday 180 and 104.5, those guys have gone off on it for a couple days in a row, and you know it's been this big contentious thing. At first, I didn't think it was a big deal because it was like it was fast. It came together. I don't think they wanted it to break instantly the way it did. It was, uh, I believe, the Sports Business Daily got it first. So sometimes when that happens, you're not prepared to, you know, to have a press conference. You maybe were planning it for a certain day. So logistically, let's get them on the phone with media so media can talk to media, want to hear from them. So that's fine. I didn't have a big problem with that. But then you call me the, the day of the hire and say, yeah, you know, Malcolm Turner was in town meeting with coaches and dinner and all this stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. If you got him to town, then why would you not have a press conference either, you know, at, you know, late afternoon, early evening, which is fine. Sometimes press conferences happen then or have him stay over and, and have a press conference the next morning. You don't have to have it the day of. You can have it day after, a couple days after. But the point is to put him in front of media so we can meet him he can meet us and we can talk and you start that way instead they do this press conference where you have to hit star one to ask a question with nick zeppos you know running the thing and then they and then that's it i I, i'm sorry 
it's a bigger deal to me now than I thought at first. Well, and 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 let me preface this by saying this is I don't think this is just a a media issue. You know, we we got some of what we needed, like you said in the teleconference. Although, I, so I recorded it on my own and I asked the first question, and then I on my own audio I say I just want to ask one quick follow up and Nick and then you're already <laughs> I was already gone press yeah. star one again <laughs> but um, now this is this should be something that fans care about because um, we can get our quotes here there or yonder what it wasn't quite as easy with teleconference but you want to put his face out there you want to see the voice with the face you want to see how he interacts you want to see you know, just how he presents himself. I mean, you know, the the old, did you win the press conference? Sometimes we make fun of that, but you can, especially as an AD, you can give some type of idea. You can get an idea of what the guy's about. Yes. Uh, and especially with this job, because this is, fundraising is going to be a huge question uh, of the time that he's here. Um, so it, it was important. Now, I'm the beat writer, so maybe do you want to speculate or do I want to speculate you're the columnist about why they did not have a press conference. Well, I'll go ahead and do it because, Thank uh, you. yes, you're the beat writer. Yeah, this should be me. No, I, I mean, look, I'm sorry, but this, to me, smacks of Nick Zeppos uh, making the call here. And, look, he's – this is well chronicled. Of course, we've written a lot of things about Vanderbilt Athletics as it relates to him and fundraising and all these things. And it, for a couple of years now, I've tried to get an interview with him and, and have been shot down to the point where now – if you send an email to request, it's not even returned by Vanderbilt. Like Vanderbilt, you know, university communications won't even return my emails, and I've heard about this from other media people too, which is unprofessional. Maybe there's 100 Joe Rex Rhodes at Tennessee in, in the clutter file over there. Maybe. May, may, they, that could be. There's always a possibility. But as I know here at the Tennessee, and the way that you get emails to the clutter file is you don't answer enough emails where clutter – your email thinks this guy doesn't matter. I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, we don't want to get in trouble on our end on this. Uh, but so, I mean, it's it, the whole thing with Zeppos is he won't talk. You tried to talk to him at an event, and he ran away. And so now this situation, rather than sitting in a room and treating, again, media, and this is, I know some fans are going to listen to this and say, oh, my gosh, do I have to hear media guys complaining about the access they don't have? Just, you know, do your job and... But again, like we are the conduit for you. We are the go-between for these people and the fans, the people who care about these teams and, and, and this university. And so to not even have a press conference where Nick Zeppos would sit there and answer questions, to me is, at the very least, it's, it's not you know, befitting an SEC athletic department. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just like I can't – I'm trying to think of – a similar situation where this would have taken place well, at, I, I, in, in, at this level of college athletics. I think even before I tried to ask uh, Nick Zeppo stadium questions, facility questions, I think this even preceded that because, you know, now he's ridiculed a lot in the Vandy fan base about the rocket ship uh, when James Franklin was here, but we'll give him, we'll give him whatever he needs. We'll give him a rocket. Um, so he's ridiculed some of that, uh, that has come back to haunt him. Um, you know, at the Bryce Drew press conference, um, he said, Bryce Drew has played in the NBA and played in college. He's like the Forrest Gump of basketball. That was essentially the quote, which is that's it's not that odd for a guy to play both in college and the NBA. But Crazy! Yeah, I, I forgot about that one. Yeah, he sometimes says awkward type things, and, you know, 
He's, I mean, he's an academic guy. You don't, the, it's the hardest thing ever for an academic guy to get up and be funny at a sports press conference. It just shouldn't be done. But he's had things that have come back to haunt him a little bit be, that have been ridiculed about him. And I think maybe he, maybe, full speculation here, maybe he just wanted to avoid that. But yeah, the guy was in town. So, so, you, so you have gone into the speculation. Oh, I have. You couldn't no, resist. I'm, I'm, I'm repeating what you have speculated about. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, so yeah, Malcolm Turner was in town. You could have done it late afternoon because he was here at dinner time. You could have done it the following morning. There were opportunities there. Now, moving beyond that, um, you know, I mentioned a few of the, the things that are going to face him immediately, uh, and one of those is is fundraising. And we asked him on the on the teleconference uh, about fundraising and does he have confidence with no AD experience, no real college administrative experience, does he have confidence uh, that he could come in and fundraise at this level. And here's what he said. I think it's important. Uh, I think I've, you know, had a history of creating revenue throughout my career uh, and, and building relationships. And uh, ultimately, you know, in my view, the, the, the underpinning of, of fundraising is creating a compelling vision for the future. That's where it all starts. What's the story we're trying to tell uh, to drive engagement and ultimately to drive fundraising and revenue growth. And so, um, you know, I recognize that there's a role that fundraising uh, has to play uh, in, in, in that perspective. But, but as I said, you know, my career, I've had no problem creating revenue uh, throughout my career and, and look forward to, you know, applying similar and new approaches uh, with this new opportunity at Vanderbilt. So let me take that a step further. Um, I have a little bit of a theory here is that I think one difference you're going to see in fundraising from Malcolm Turner that you haven't seen in the past, I think he's going to push harder for corporate sponsorship. That's not something that Vandy does. That's not something that Vandy wants to do. That's a great idea. I mean, it's, you know, and everybody else is doing it. I mean, uh, at Kentucky, uh, Commonwealth Stadium is now Kroger Field. And you go there, you don't see Commonwealth really, really, really written everywhere. They had a, a contingent of fans that were upset about it, like you always get, and then and then it was gone. And they said, "Oh, by the way, here's a check for multi millions of dollars." Um, how many like how many Vanderbilt fans? Because some would never want it to change from Vanderbilt Stadium. But what percentage would take public stadium with a really nice, you know, amenities? Over what the current situation is, I bet you a large percentage. Yeah, I mean it's it's now. You know, if you're you're talking about board of trust and going to them, I'm sure a lot of them would like it to still seem Ivy League ish. Uh, you know, it's again that real that fine line between Ivy League and the SEC. Uh, you know, but you go over there and you see you see names of people that own companies and uh, own buildings, but you don't see companies. You know, is that Amazon Vanderbilt Stadium? Is that uh, Nissan Memorial Gym or or what have you? Maybe it would not go to that extent, but Malcolm Turner... Yeah, you don't have to go naming rights to be more involved with corporate sponsorships, and Vanderbilt right. certainly can use... That's the that exaggerated happens. version. Yeah. You could do a whole lot of different things, though. And if you look at Malcolm Turner's background, his background is working with brands. He is a branding guy. He's a marketing guy. And everything in his background is going to a brand like the G League. Yeah, Gatorade, that's a huge coup. Yeah, and that, that's... And so I... And a lot of what I've heard since his hiring is that uh, people around Vanderbilt expect that that pitch to be made. I think the pitch was already made in the interview process. So I don't think it's going to surprise anybody if Malcolm Turner walks in and say, hey, I want to go to 
X, Y, or Z company in town and try to get a sponsorship deal, um, I don't think he's necessarily going to be told no because I think he, he he likely pitched that when he was a candidate. Yeah. So just to put 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 the press conference, teleconferencing to bed, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but I think it was a mistake. And it, it, to me, it smacks of Nick Zeppos. And you move on, and you really – this comes down to Malcolm Turner. One, you hope that he's accessible to media and, again, in turn to fans and responsive to fans. And two, you hope that he – I mean, look, he's got his boss. You come in, and you hope that he is able to, at times, fight for what he needs and is not – I've heard this thrown around – a quote-unquote yes man for Nick Zeppos. Um, certainly – you know, th- this is a big job, and as we've seen, it can be a tricky job. But, you know, I-, I think that Malcolm Turner, in listening to him, and it is more effective if you're in person, but in listening to him, he sounded to me like someone with some good ideas who was enthusiastic and very, you pointed this out, very confident in his abilities. And another big question here, of course, is the college athletics experience. I mean, a lot of people, if it's a sitting AD somewhere who has been successful, then I think it's probably more widely embraced. And and I get that. It's also true that a lot of schools have gone, Adam, in recent years to, you know, people outside of college athletics to hire an athletic director. And, And it has worked in some places and has not worked in other places. But that to me, that's not to me, a deal breaker that he's not an AD somewhere. I, I don't know how you feel about that. Well, uh, there's uh, some of those have worked out. You mentioned that in your column. Others have not. Um, when you go outside the traditional AD, uh, traditional college type guy, just more of the, of the business type, which Malcolm Turner is. So l- l- let's talk about the pros and cons there. The, the pros is that you, again, get in a guy that can manage the business side of it. Um, in a different way, is used to raising money, um, can kind of move you forward a little bit, maybe where a sitting AD, an associate AD, someone like that would come in and not necessarily have new ideas. Uh, I've, I've spoken to some former colleagues of, of Malcolm Turner. Uh, one of them I spoke to uh, yesterday, Gary Stevenson, who is the, he is the head of the business division in MLS, and he used to be uh, he used to be Malcolm Turner's boss back a few years back with a, a consulting firm, and you know the things the things that he kept telling me about Malcolm Turner was the same things that Turner kind of pitched him for himself on the teleconference, which he is uh, he believes in offense and and going and and putting his name out there and trying to get things done. He believes in being efficient. Uh, he believes in a strategy. You you want to raise money for a project. You want to get something done. This is how it's going to be done. This is when it's going to be done, and you hit your deadline on that. Um, so everything that I was told, Turner seems like a guy um, who's not going to be a yes man, uh, as you say, in that I think he's going to come in and try to change things, try to change a number of things. I think he's going to come in with a lot of – I know he's going to come in with a lot of ideas. Now the question is if Vandy will – We'll buy into that. But before I go to the cons, do, do, do you kind of know where I'm going there of the pros of a guy that will come in? And yeah. I mean, by the way, and I think you asked a question on the conference call, uh, or at least somebody did. I think it was you. Uh, what, did you try to be an AD before? Yeah, basically, had there been, was college athletics kind of on his radar? And it sounds like it really wasn't. No. So I don't think a guy jumps into this 
from the NBA G League and says, oh, maybe they'll let me do something there. I don't think that happens. I think he's had some promises made um, along those lines. Uh, now, let, let, let me go to the cons real quick. He's never hired or fired a coach. Yeah, that, that's exactly the first one to list because that's not easy. Yeah. And, and a lot of coaches are going to look at him and say, oh, you got to have someone who's been in college athletics or someone who's been a coach. Right. A lot of them will say. Well, and that's, yeah, and I disagree with that. I agree with your disagreement, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but they you know, will say that. So how does, when he comes in and let's say he evaluate, he's evaluating Derek Mason. I mean, it's easy to evaluate Tim Corbin. Okay, you're in the top 10 every year. You won a national title. You're good. What, yeah. See you later. Yeah. I'll see you next year for your annual review. Exactly. What do you need? Okay. Derek Bye. Mason, you know, when I go around on radio shows, I know you do too around the SEC, the question is, well, is Derek Mason going to make it through this year? And I said, well, he just got an extension a year and a half ago, and we've talked about this endlessly, that, yeah, but he's got a terrible record. He's never had a winning record. You're celebrating the fact that he's 6-6 six and six this year. Well, somebody has to have a certain perspective at Vandy to know that 6-6 six and six is pretty good at Vandy. Is he going to understand that, or is he going to come in, look at the numbers, and say, this is a bad coach. Look at this guy's record. Well, I will counter that, though, too, and I think it's fair if Vanderbilt fans hope that Malcolm Turner does have a critical eye on Derek Mason at the same time. I No question. I mean, it, it's hard to me to get to 6-6 six and six at Vanderbilt in the SEC, but it's going to be interesting to see how he evaluates. Cause I still think, I mean, you know, you still want to critically evaluate that program and you want more. I mean, you want, but the thing is in wanting more, you have to give Derek Mason more. And so that's again, where it all ties together. Can you give him more facilities and more opportunities to bring in better players? Well, well and okay, let me, let me use that to set this up. Uh, I, I asked Nick Zeppos on the conference call because we had not had, had an opportunity to do this, obviously. He last... said you had a great question, by the way. He did. He very he, much liked your question. I feel like he felt that question was coming <laughs> when, when I dialed back in. I feel like he wanted to say something nice to you. He did, and, he, and I appreciated it. I really did. Um, so I, I asked him about during the, not just Malcolm Turner, but during the interview process when he sat down with candidates, did Vanderbilt pitch their idea of what they want to do in football facilities or – did they just sit and listen to the candidate of if you were the AD, what would you, you know, what would you do? And give and take is what he essentially said. But but specifically, this is what Nick Zeppo said to the to my question about uh, doing in the interview process about football facilities. You know, Adam, I think that's a great question. I think it was uh, kind of very much our discussions with the candidate about a vision for Vanderbilt Athletics going forward revenue opportunities, the importance of fundraising, the importance of having a strong partner in the university. And so I would say it was a good kind of give and take about most of the candidates would come in and talk, as you've heard Malcolm about, how they've grown revenue and done things in their work. And we certainly talked about what we think is possible with a strong partnership for the university. And I think the exciting thing is just waiting for Malcolm to really engage the student athletes and the coaches and our alumni and many others in a strategic plan and then really get going on, you know, getting the revenue and executing on that plan. So, I mean, it was, it was, it wasn't a full answer, but it was an answer. I mean, you, you, and I agree with Nick, by the way, good question. Adam. <laughs> it was, you know, I mean, essentially he, I think what he said there was, um, we have a plan, which I've heard there's 
There's talk of pulling football, the stadium facilities, a little bit into more of a capital plan or a separate capital project. We'll see if that comes to fruition. I think they told candidates they had a plan there. Now, do they have a plan or is it, yeah, we'll have a plan. We'd and, love to do this. Right. And there's Ish. not really anything on paper. But now here's the thing. Malcolm Turner, everything that he's it's been sold about him is he is a we're going to get this much money by this certain date. And here's the plan. And we're going to stick to the plan. And we're not going to go over a deadline. We're going to get it done in this time frame. If it's that, then he had to believe them or he had to pitch it well enough that they said, okay, if you get the job, you were, we're going we're gonna to do that plan. Um, I, I do think, speculation here, this is the book of Adam. This isn't Derek Mason or Nick Zeppos or Malcolm Turner. I, I do think the MLS stadium will come back into the conversation. I, I, I think the, you know, uh, John Ingram will have that stadium. Uh, it can house games if needed, at least one a year. To, as a tryout type phase. That's fine. And well, but when you start with that, I feel like you're going to expand that even more. Although, if people don't come, you're not going to. Okay, but okay, expand it even more, fine. But are you saying then it goes to Vanderbilt Stadium, just gets blown up and becomes a, another awesome dorm? Well, that's the question. I mean, you can do a whole lot of things with that space, it's a real big space. Yeah. Um, I mean that 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 would I mean that'd be the question for Malcolm Turner. We need to have him in here, by the way. If he, he if he if he's still in town, we haven't. We've got a third mic. We should have right, next we, time. We should have offered it next on the conference. We should have star one. Malcolm, could you join us for a podcast? <laughs> That's my question. Uh, so I mean, I, I, I everything that I've been told. And also, this is a lot of this behind the scenes is that he did not come into this uh, dumb so to speak. He didn't come into this say, okay, guys, what, what is this thing about a stadium? He's coming in with an idea and some type of plan that he would like to enact, and they had to at least uh, pencil in a signing off on that before he came in. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, on the stadium stuff, and that's a totally separate thing, and we'll see where it goes. I'm admittedly, like, Memorial Gym is one of my favorite places, and I don't, I don't care if it's unswept and as dingy as it can be. I love it. So, I just love the whole complex, and I would hate to see that go away. I think you've got a lot of potential. It's, I think it's a perfect setting. I will never waver from that. On Turner coming in, you know, if you're him and you're and, and certainly he did his homework on his job. If you're him looking at this job, you have to think, man. I mean, there is so much more potential. Again, fundraising not quite the same. He he mentioned revenue producing. It's not the exact same thing. And so we'll see. It, it's a different job than than you know going out and getting corporate sponsorships. But he has to look at this and say there is so much unmined fundraising potential here at Vanderbilt. I mean, so much. Um, and you, know, you blame whoever you want for that, but I think he, I would think that he would look at that and say, man, you know, get aggressive with this group and you can really get something done. And it just hasn't been getting done for whatever reason. Well, and, and David Williams had some strengths, but fundraising was not one of them. I, I, I tend to wonder if Nick Zeppos and the board of trust to a lesser degree wanted an AD that will come in and just take over that task that I know we have this idea that, but this, then of course there's the whole, you know, leave this donor alone. Right. Right, and they may run into that. I tend to think that'll be less so now, but uh, I think there's a sense. You know, the fact that David Williams has let go on September 11th of Notre Dame week and basically started off that press conference by apologizing that, as he said, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, this had to happen today, which was which means 
he couldn't wait for a month or a week or whatever. They 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 wanted to push him out of that job and start up the process. I gather from that that there was an anxiety and anxious feeling to get somebody in that could kind of steer the ship in athletics and that campus could maybe leave it alone a little bit. Maybe that heavy hand is still there, but I think there is a sense there that we need somebody to come in, head up fundraising, and it not and it be less of a headache for us. And I, that's if you're Malcolm Turner, that's probably what you were told. If that comes to fruition, then good for him. If not, then he was sold a bill of goods. Any other impressions of of Malcolm from from his teleconference? Uh, well, you know, the listening and learning tour, I think, is something that he needed to say because it sounds modest and it sounds, you know, hey, I just want to do what the fans want to do and that sort of thing. Um, the under under the surface of that, every time we would ask him something about, can you pull off this? Can you do that? You kept getting this. Have you seen my resume? Kind of thing. It wasn't in an arrogant way, but I really did sense that uh, there was confidence there of, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I've, I've, you know, and and when I've talked to his former colleagues, they all say he is a very, very quick learner. You stick him into something, and it's, and he masters it in a very short time. And I mean, you know, he was Harvard, Harvard Law School and Harvard Business School simultaneously. So the guy's not dumb. That sounds easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I, I think there's a, I think there's a confidence there. But I, I spoke to people. Um, right after his hiring that have gone and met with him at Vanderbilt. And they say he's, you know, he's very easy to get along with, very normal, so to speak. He's not an intellectual type, despite the resume and the degrees he has. Uh, everything that I've heard is they think he will probably do very well as a fundraiser one-on-one with people. No, that, and that's, that's enormous. And I agree. I, I, I perceived it the same way you did. I also think that's, sort of a defense mechanism knowing that because he's not coming from college athletics that he was going to get a lot of questions in that regard right about you know what, what how can you translate what you've done to this but look i i was impressed again hopefully there will be some in person situations as well but i we, think i think and and when you talk about the search it's it's important to remember and believe me, you know, the Nick Zeppos factor is, <laughs> I mean, I wrote it. I mean, it's it's a deterrent to happiness, okay? But uh, if you're a Vanderbilt fan, but but I, you have to remember also that other people were on the search committee with Nick Zeppos. So this is this is the, <laughs> the, the bright side of the whole thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just picturing a deterrent to happiness in the Nick Zeppos, comma, deterrent to happiness. <laughs> Somehow that's going to make it into a, into a story. I haven't seen that one yet, but that, okay. Yeah, hashtag uh, it. Yeah, you, you, you got that. me a little off with Sorry. <laughs> thinking through that <laughs> phrase. Um, yeah, I, 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 I tend to think, maybe this is silver lining thinking, I tend to think this is going to work. Um, you know, if I, I heard some criticisms from Vandy fans of, well, this guy hasn't been in college athletics, he hasn't been in AD, that sort of thing. I think if he had gone and got a mid-major AD or an associate AD at fill-in-the-blank Power 5, I think the criticism would have been from a lot of people, why can't you go a little bit outside the box? You can't just have a guy just come in. <laughs> well, of course and, there's going to be, yeah, naysayer either way on something. Yeah, so, uh, you know, th- this will be interesting. I, I saw a tweet when he got hired, this will be a home run or a strikeout. I tend to I tend to agree. So we will see. Again, a lot of it, it really does come down to, you know, how are you with people? You know, it, it, whatever your job is, you're at the office, 
you know, are you good with people? Can you talk to people, as Adam said, a normal way? Um, You know, are you honest and, you know, can you get things done? So, so far, the reviews are that uh, there's a lot of positives about Malcolm Turner. We will find out and we will be back next time to talk more sports stuff on Breaking Down the Doors. Thanks for listening.